Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Canadian PodCow. Thanks so much for being with us. My name's Andrew Campbell, and as always, I'm here with my great colleague and friend, Sarah Sash. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Andrew. Great to be back with you again. I see you're just uh, settling back down to home after being out on some adventures. Well, you know, you've always got to do those like before we get into spring planting. Um, you know, you got to take the family on a nice holiday. And so where do you go in April? You go to <laughs> Iowa. That's yes. where we decided to go, which I, actually you're right. It was fun. It was fun to go there because, well, we've talked about it before. We're kind of in the midst of a barn build that will include some new robots. So we got to go actually see them get built, which was very cool to do. That looked pretty amazing. My husband always wants to go to the John Deere factory. That's a thing, like a bucket list item for him. So I think uh, the robot factory is right up there too. Well, and actually the John Deere factory and the robot factory are like only within like two hours away from each other. So we went to the John Deere museum as well as, so maybe don't let your husband okay. listen to this episode. Yeah. I don't want to Sounds like you're sealing me jealous. an episode of a trip to Iowa here. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's the place to go, but I know you have not been sitting around home by yourself all month either. You've actually been back to some of those kind of spring meetings around the province in BC. Yeah, I uh, we've been back to having some finally in-person board meetings and then uh, the BC Milk Marketing Board had their spring producer meetings. So I went along to some of those with BC Dairy um, in the, the lower mainland here and then one in the interior. I think I managed to catch every bug I didn't have during COVID. <laughs> But All it was the fun wonderful. of going back out in the world. It was so nice to see people again and to connect. Like the questions that get asked and the engagement from the producers um, compared to on Zoom, we've been so lucky to be able to do things online, but it's just not the same. So it was nice to be out and about and see people's faces again. Yeah, I believe that. And it actually ties in very well with our episode today because. I've been finding the same thing, that getting out is is very good for my mental well-being. And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. In today's episode, we'll talk all about mental health, um, just in time for Mental Health Week, actually, which is the first week of May. Uh, of course, we'll talk specifically about mental well-being of Canadian dairy producers and all producers. Um, but frankly, we don't talk about this enough. It's been a couple of tough years for everyone dealing with the pandemic, with the floods, with the droughts, with all of our costs going up and things just uh, continuously being a bit stressful. So I'm really looking forward to this one. As am I, Sarah. I think it's one of those that we need to talk more about it. And we'll do our share of that in our episode today. It remains, I think, still a bit of a taboo within agriculture. It's getting better, don't get me wrong. But I think just having another conversation today about ways that we can make sure all producers are supported and empowered to take care of their mental well-being. And so talking about that today, we're going to bring in our guest, Megs Reynolds. She's the new executive director of the Do More Ag Foundation. We'll talk to her. Thanks for listening to the Canadian PodCow. Mental Health Week is happening May 2nd to 8th this year. It is the 71st Mental Health Week in Canada, but in some ways it feels like we've just finally started talking about all this in recent years. 
Yeah, you're right, Sarah. I mean, especially I think in this industry, um, you know, that that conversation's really just taking off. And but the fact is, like, I mean, for years and decades before, I think we all know someone who has struggled. We've all probably struggled ourselves. And I know for me, one of the things that I'm always at a loss to do is just like, how do I help? <laughs> or how can, you know, I I, I both you know, help myself, but then help those around me. So that's why I think it's really exciting for our PodCow episode today to have our next guest. Yeah, Megs Reynolds is the Dumore Agriculture Foundation's new executive director. She was just appointed to the role in early March. She has firsthand experience in agriculture because she used to be a grain farmer. She also got involved with the Agriculture Producers Association of Saskatchewan and engaged with provincial and federal officials about agricultural policies. Uh, she's got been a global advocate for mental health and agriculture through the Global Farmer Network. Megs Reynolds, welcome to the Canadian PodCow. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to have you, Megs. So first of all, congratulations on the new job. Um, I'm curious, what made you want to lead the Do More Ag Foundation? Well, mental health in agriculture specifically has been a passion and priority for me since coming to agriculture in 2013. I didn't grow up on a farm and moving to one, um, you know, was really me coming face to face with the challenges that are uh, very unique to agriculture. Um, and I just from there started sharing my story. You know, I've been vocal about losing 90% of my crop in a couple years into my farming adventure in a 10-minute hailstorm. And that was really what catapulted me into understanding how we as producers link our sense of self-worth to our ability to farm, even though sometimes what affects our, our, our crops or our animals or our ability at success is often out of our control. Um, and just that feeling of failure that can come when something like that happens on the farm. And so for me, just a, a way of me dealing with what I was going through at the time was to start talking and to start sharing. And then through that, it really opened the door for others across the world to, through social media, reach out to me and have conversations. And that really started the understanding that, you know, there there's a big challenge with mental health conversation in general, but specifically in agriculture, and that we all have a part to play in doing more for that. And, and so I've continued, even though I'm not on the farm, to be an advocate for mental health and agriculture uh, and to be an advocate for do more when I was doing interviews and and podcasts and such and so when do more was looking for a new executive it just seemed like a really great fit for myself and for the the foundation I think this is such amazing news we're so lucky to have you um, in this role now I've been watching your journey uh, as you know with young kids in the tractor cab like me and things happening over time and it's wonderful to see you evolve into this role um, and like you, I come into agriculture from the outside of it. So I do have this sense of arriving kind of on scene and learning um, what it's like and what goes with it. And it's such a unique blend of working um, oftentimes with family and other people and needing to navigate all of those relationships and uh, do the job that you're all there to do as well. So I'm, I'm curious when mental health is so important to everyone, what is it that specifically makes it so that we need something just for agriculture in this country? Can you give us a bit of insight on that side of things. 
Well, for me, that really comes down to that stigma piece. Um, you know, so many of their characteristics we need in agriculture to be successful, uh, you know, our resiliency, our ability to um, compartmentalize and really put off some of the stressors that are and challenges going on at one time to focus on what we need to do during the, the busy seasons because you just have to go when you can go, right? Um, those really lend themselves to not talking about mental health and, and to even on top of that, not acknowledging that we have things going on internally. Um, we're so used to living in that high stress state that we get used to and just normalize the fact that where we're at is actually not a great place to be at. Um, so mental health, you know, we there is that history of you don't talk about it, you push it down, you suck it up, you cowboy up. Um, and that was, you know, where Do More was born from was a tweet. And it was someone reaching out to one of the founders, Kim after losing another community member to death by suicide and saying, we're losing producers, we're losing community members, and no one's doing anything about it. Nobody's talking about it. What can we do? How do we start this conversation? And so Dumar was founded from that. Well, and certainly I do want to get into, um, you know, you talk about kind of that producer side, but, you know, Do More Ag is still a relatively new organization to the farm organization landscape. So maybe we can actually start about the foundation itself. Um, I know one of the things, there's kind of three pillars of action to go along with the foundation, awareness, community and resources. Can you tell me how that fits in with uh, Do More Agriculture Foundation? So we really started when we were founded with that awareness piece. So just how do we start the conversation? How do we talk about mental health and agriculture? How do we really start working towards ending the stigma? Um, so for us, a lot of that involves education as well. Um, and then community and resources were kind of how we grew out. Do More has been around for four years now. So we are still just moving out of our infancy as a, a foundation. But community, um, you know, we really wanted to, through this conversation, create a place where uh, people feel like they belong and they can also have the resources um, that they are able to access things that are going to support them and support their families and communities. And then that brings us to resources. And for us, we've, we've looked at that as making sure that we, through our website, have resources so that people can find them, be that crisis lines or um, mental health professionals in their areas. Uh, but also we have created some of our own courses to help bring mental health awareness to those in agriculture. And then on the other side, help bring agriculture literacy to those in mental health. So we've touched a bit already on the culture that makes ag unique and kind of some of the features of family businesses that that we're challenged with uh, or benefit from on a day-to-day basis. Um, is there anything specific? Is it all across agriculture that we're, we're looking to, to assist? Or is there something specific with dairy that makes dairy a more challenging or unique um, segment of producers to need to help for this type of resources? I think I would throw that one back on you guys. Um, you're more the dairy <laughs> experts. Uh, I, you know, all I would say all all sectors in agriculture have shared challenges, uh, and then also challenges that are unique to them. So, you know, I've already talked about my uh, hail experience story, which was devastating at the time, um, but you know, watching through that pandemic with producers having to dump milk or with the flooding that was in BC, with trying to you know, just 
put your entire life on hold and and try to you know worry about the safety of your animals and, and getting them to safety and then on top of that with dairy it's not just relocation it's how do you get back onto a milking cycle right and again i'm i'm not from dairy it's not my my area of expertise but all of that to me um is is very hard and challenging and stressful yeah, no, it absolutely is. And I think, well, you mentioned a little earlier about that kind of like suck it up philosophy that I think a lot in the industry has, you know, and I think dairy fits in that category too, where it is that like, no, like you have to do chores, like whatever you have, whatever you think you need, whatever has to wait because you got chores to do. And then you got chores to do the next day. And then you got chores to do the next day. And it's kind of that cycle that, that doesn't really seem to ever end. And I think that's where... Um, you know, for a dairy farmer, I think, although, you know, all farmers fit in this category too, where you get that like isolation, that isolating sense where, you know, I don't want to talk to this person because I'm sure things are tough over there. And they also think that I should suck it up, I'm sure. So, you know, like, I, I just don't want to put myself out there. So I guess like, you know, I'm wondering like, what's the right approach to get past that for all farmers or convince a farmer that, like it's it's okay to not want to suck it up. <laughs> I think that comes back to the you know the the education and the the conversation piece. When I personally think about stigma, I see it in two ways. So I see internal stigma, and that's the stigma that we ourselves hold and create. So that stops us from recognizing that we're struggling with something internally. And then externally, that stigma is that fear of, well, what will they say if I admit that I'm struggling with something? Or what would they say if they knew I was going to therapy sessions? Um, and what I've seen often is that that internal stigma can actually be stronger than the external. And, you know, I've, I've been in a community where we've lost members to death by suicide because of the internal stigma, having all of the support on the outside, but not being able to get past that piece. And for me, I mean, I didn't, I grew up in the city, but we still didn't really grow up talking about mental health, right. And mental wellness. And especially then if, if there was mental illness going on with depression and anxiety or, or something else. Um, and so I think if we can all understand that we all feel a little awkward about and unsure on how to have that conversation that maybe we can give each other grace. So if we need to talk about something, um, maybe there's someone in our lives that, and maybe through online, and I think online has been good for this, but we can reach out to, and maybe it's someone we don't know in person, but that's helpful, right? Um, to try to have a conversation. Or if we are talking to someone, are they acting a little different than usual? Were they someone that was really active online and now they're not? Do we just know we've personally been through something challenging like the flooding? And so instead of that, hey, how's it going? Well, it's been a hard, you know, the weather sucks or, you know, we're, it, been a rough go the last month instead of saying, yeah, I totally get what you're talking about. There's always next year saying, yeah, I, I totally agree. Can we, can I call you or can we grab a cup of coffee? Like, can we, I want to talk more about this. I want to, I want to support you. This kind of empathy that you're talking about really does make the difference and makes people want to connect and have the discussions. And I've noticed that as we move through COVID and uh, the changing times, it's hard to know. Like, it feels like at the beginning of COVID on the farms, it felt like, oh, everything's kind of just the same. Like, I didn't really actually notice for a long, long time that that there was something major going on, really, because my life and business just continued and things were fairly normal. And I felt so, like, blessed that we weren't so affected 
distracted and could just keep doing what we're doing. But that itself was um, also a lot to take with kids around and all of the all of the stuff. And then it's just gone on and on and on. So how, can you tell us a bit about how COVID has actually affected producers in terms of their mental health from your perspective? I think what you've just described is very, very accurate. I had the same feelings off the bat of like, oh, my life hasn't changed that much living in rural areas. Um, but you know, when you are living where you work and you can't step away from that, and then again, with small kids, bringing, bringing the kids home and then trying to do uh, school for your children from home, maybe your internet sucks because internet is challenging across Canada and many rural areas. Um, but then too, if you're, if you're fitting in chores, uh, in there as well and animals and trying to, you know, that's, that's a very challenging landscape. Um, you're not getting to step away from it. You're not getting a break. And I think there's a lot of guilt, uh, for producers and parents in that in that space, either where you don't feel like you're able to give enough to the farm, and then on the other hand, you're not able to give enough to your kids. And because you are living in this heightened sense of um, stress and expectations and almost a groundhog day, um, you're also, I mean, you could be quicker to snap, right? And and not your normal self. And so I think it's been very, very hard. And then, you know, it, it almost felt like we were starting to come out of the pandemic and, and uh, Putin invaded Ukraine. And we saw what that did immediately to prices, be that on the commodity side, if you're looking for feed, on the fertilizer side, if you're looking to start planting this year or seeding, uh, and then on the fuel side, which affects everybody. Yeah, those are all uh, top of mind, definitely, these days. And it doesn't seem to be going away. I know I'm a terrible school teacher and uh, definitely su suffered from poor internet at, at the outset. <laughs> so it's uh, it's been a ride. And then you add to it weather. So we are talked mm -hmm. a little bit already about the impact of natural disasters. But here in BC, we've seen record heat. We've seen floods in Ontario and Quebec. And of course, in BC and drought, the prairies, that's all taking its toll. And it seems like we're kind of just ramping up to it in some ways when you start to look at the the cost of our inputs like you're mentioning um none of this is going away too soon no it's really just that added increased um sense of unknown right like all of those things out of our control in agriculture just seem to be uh, growing. And the escalation, you know, maybe it was one thing in the past, right? There was like dealing with that weather event, but the rest of it kind of worked itself out. But right now, all of those factors that are out of our control are weighing very, very heavily on agriculture because there have been all of these weather events um, with the input prices, what have you, right? So it, yeah, it's, it's a very challenging time as far as the uncertainty goes for producers. Now, I love talking about like all this big picture stuff, but I think what we should do next is start talking about some of the concrete things. What can we actually do? How can we actually, um, you know, detect it, all that kind of stuff? We are going to do that right after this quick 30 second break. If you ask Canadian dairy farmers what it takes to become global leaders in sustainable farming, they might say, Conserving wetlands with Ducks Unlimited Canada. Working with clean farms to find innovative ways to reduce plastics. Supporting biodiversity with Tree Canada. If you ask dairy cows, well, they always say the same thing. Dairy Farmers of Canada, doing more today because we're here for tomorrow. Find out more at herefortomorrow.ca. 
All right, we're back with Megs Reynolds of the Do More Ag Foundation. So again, thanks for sticking with us for a little bit longer, Megs. One of the things that I always kind of hear is you, you see a lot of different terms around these conversations. You know, maybe they're interchangeable. Maybe I should be using the right term in the wrong spot. Um, you know, I, I hear of mental health. I hear of mental wellness. You hear of mental illness. Like, how do they all fit together? And when you're when we actually get into some of these concrete points, um, you know, kind of what's the difference between some of these conversations? Well, mental health, that's something we all have, right? That's our day-to-day. Some days, you know, we wake up and it's a great day and we hop out of bed and, and everything's, you know, we feel good, we feel confident. And then other days we're maybe, you know, we have a young baby and we were up four times last night. And so getting out of bed is a little harder and we're more sluggish and we're maybe a little quicker to react for something. That's that's our day-to-day mental health. Uh, all of our external factors will influence that. Um, sleep especially can be a big one. If you got a lot of stress, that can be a big one too, if there's something going on in your farm or your family structure. Um, and mental wellness, again, I think those two for me anyways are very, and they, they're interchangeable in how they're used. Mental wellness is kind of that check of like, okay, where am I at today with things? Um, mental illness, that's when um, you get into your anxiety, depression, bipolar, and it could be something that um, is maybe something that you just deal with for a certain period of time. Um, or maybe it is a longer term diagnosis. So I think I was never diagnosed, but I think um, I had two children back to back on the farm. They're 17 months apart. And I think that I went through a bit of postpartum depression. So that was specific to that time in my life. I didn't actually reach out to talk to someone I should have, um, but that would have been a mental illness that was specific to that part of my life um, that uh, I just kind of did the stuff I knew how to do on my own. Um but there are times when, you know, it's really important to reach out to somebody. Um, I think therapy is a really great thing for just mental wellness and that we could all benefit from having someone to talk to. Um, but when it comes to, you know, I just want to enforce that whether it's mental health, mental wellness or mental illness, um, that you utilize professional help when you need it and and please reach out to those crisis lines or to book therapy sessions and you don't need to be diagnosed with something um you can reach out to a crisis line even if you just feel like you're having a challenging day but please utilize those support structures so when we talk specifically about mental health issues and all of the things that can come with it from an individual point of view, how do we recognize the signs? How would we know if we're not well and that we might need help? So we've already touched on it, but producers on the whole, I think about 85% of them are living at this chronic stress level. Um, and so mental health professionals will say that those in agriculture can actually go from being seeming okay to struggling very quickly. And it's it's just that they're already at this heightened state of stress level. Um, but I think for all of us, it involves um, a little bit of uh, a self-check-in and getting to know ourselves better. Again, when you haven't grown up with having kind of that mental health awareness as part of your day-to-day, it's really easy to miss some of the signs or to not notice that some of the signs are actually because something's going on. So, you know, for me, if I become short, that is my um, kind of my catch that there's something going on, something's bothering me or something's stressing me out and it's causing me to be short with my temper. Um, So that can be one of them. Again, if people start to withdraw, 
So maybe they're not showing up, even though they're still working in that family dynamic, maybe they're not showing up for dinner with the family. Um, if they've been really active online, maybe they're not online anymore. If there's someone that used to go to Coffee Row, maybe they're not going to Coffee Row. Those are signs that you maybe want to reach out and check on that person. And so then, you know, when you do kind of see those signs um, or even like, I mean, if it was me and I saw that sign of myself and I thought, okay, I need to do something. I need to go look for that help. We talked about this a little bit earlier about the challenge of that fact that, well, you know, where some people say, oh, go take a week off. Well, that's just not feasible. <laughs> it's not always even feasible to take, you know, a weekend off. So um, I guess, you know, knowing that there's some unique circumstances being a farmer, um, you know, what are some options available for a producer to be able to get help? Where, where can they start looking? Our website is a great resource, so www.domore.ag. We have a list of resources on there, including provincial crisis lines. Uh, if you share your location, it'll actually bring up other um, support networks that are specific to where you're at. So that could be different mental health professionals. Um, but if, if you're looking for things to do, kind of more of how to take care of your mental health on a day-to-day -day basis, there are things you can do on, on the farm. And that could be, you know, taking five minutes just to exist with nature, whether that's you're up early to, to do milking and maybe you can catch the sunrise. Or instead of working by yourself, maybe there's a way for uh, working on that piece of equipment with somebody else so you're not just by yourself. Um, if you're in the tractor or somewhere where you're able to, picking up the phone and phoning someone, whether that's a loved one or a friend, that connection, right, to try to get away from that isolation. Um, it could be looking at a way to treat yourself while on the farm. So for me, that's bubbly water. So it could be bubbly water <laughs> in, in the combine or in the tractor. But just little little pieces that you can incorporate into your day-to-day. -day. Uh, maybe when your equipment's warming up, you can walk, go for a little walk those things to really help take care of your mental wellness. But again, if you've identified that you're struggling, uh, please reach out for help, be that an immediate support, which is the crisis line, or to book a therapy session. Uh, right now for producers in BC, through TELUS Health, we're doing unlimited counseling. Uh, and that's not just producers, that's anyone in agriculture that was affected by the flooding. Um, and we also want to open that up for anyone who's now starting to feel the pressure and the challenges that could be coming with avian influenza. Um, but one thing that I think has come out of the pandemic has been some of these online support apps. So uh, it makes it really great where you can set up, you can find a counselor and set up therapy sessions from your phone and you can do that from the cab of your tractor or from anywhere. Your family doesn't even need to know about it. Your community doesn't need to know about it, but you're able to have a conversation with a, a professional just through your phone. Wow, those are some fantastic resources. And I didn't realize the one about BC. That's a great opportunity, I think, for those that need it. And you know, that kind of leads to the next part is that, okay, that that's maybe I identify that I need to do that. And okay, I'm going to take that step because I, I know I now need to. But the other really big challenge is, okay, what if it's my neighbor or my friend or my fellow farmer around the corner who, you know, I say, you know, there's, there's something wrong. <laughs> you know, how, how do I go about approaching that? How, how can I help them without, I also don't want to be that real pushy person. Um, you know, what, what are some, what are some things I can do to help them? 
One of the first things I would suggest is um, sharing with them. So when we open up about ourselves and create vulnerability by sharing something that we're challenged by or struggling with, we open the door to make it okay for that person to do the same. And so that's often the easiest way. I'll say easy with quotations because, again, opening up about your own challenges can be very hard as well, but that can make it feel like a safe space for that person too. Um, you can come right out and ask too. Like I, I'm, I'm worried that there's something going on. Is there something that I can do to help you? Have you talked to anyone? And I know again, that's hard and they may get upset. Um, but that's, that's important to, if you are truly worried about them to be able to, to ask that question. Um, one of the courses we've created is called talk, ask, listen, and it's a four hour mental health awareness course. And so it's really geared toward those. It's specific to agriculture and geared towards all in the industry. And it's all about mental health awareness and how to identify with yourself and with someone else, how to start that conversation, what support looks like, what self-support looks like. And then if you are supporting someone, supporting within your means. So it's really important to have boundaries there, which can be hard, but to make sure that you're not, you're still protecting your own mental health and well-being in the process. That's a really important point. I think it's easy to get wrapped up in being really concerned about someone that you're worried about. And you need to remember also um, to look after yourself. I think those are some really thoughtful ways and, and great ways that you've mentioned of connecting with others. I know that sharing and just the feeling of commonality and people realizing that it's not just them is a really big deal when it comes to this kind of thing. And sometimes people just want a space to talk within, right? And they just want someone to listen. Let's talk about prevention a little bit then. Uh, I'm all about proactive strategies. Well, heck, in dairy, we're all about proactively doing things. So dairy farmers can work long hours. We know this. Um, in order to be productive, we need to make sure that we get some good rest and a good night's sleep and that sort of things. How, what can we do to prioritize or, or to have a do we need a different kind of rest time? Like, what is it that will help us to just set ourselves up for better success on the mental health side? Rest is definitely a huge one. And I can understand that there will be, um, with the schedule for milking and stuff, there it may be challenging to fit in the recommended eight hours. Um, so getting creative within that space, but understanding that, that the rest is important, that sleep time. Um, cutting out screen time before going to sleep, like an hour before that can actually be really beneficial to helping you fall asleep quicker. If that's something you struggle with, um, eating healthy is a big one as well. Being able to get exercise, even if that's going for a walk, those are all great things to, to help with your mental wellness. And on the exercise too, there's endorphins. So those are the, the happy chemicals created for our bodies to kind of counteract the, the cortisol of the stress. Well, and I think that, you know, when you go through that, I kind of think in my head of the stuff that like does make me feel better too. Like you're right. Maybe me yelling at the TV as of course the Toronto Maple Leafs head to the Stanley cup final. I'm sure this year, but as I do that, it's not great for like settling me down before bed. Like maybe mm -hmm. I need to take away that screen time. I, I also like, you know, you talk about that exercise. I wish I did it more often because it is very um, like it actually is very like mind clearing for me. So I guess it's one of those curious things like how can an individual like is it just, you know, trying a few different things and seeing what makes you feel better? Like how did you find out that bubbly was the key thing to make you feel better? <laughs> <laughs> 
I just really like bubbly water and it helps me make sure that I'm drinking the recommended amount of water because I get bored with just regular water. Um, but one thing I would like to touch on is when we're talking about all those things we can do to keep our bodies healthy and we talk about what maybe makes us feel good, it's important to remember that there are things that make us feel good in the moment that are not great coping mechanisms. And in agriculture specific, we've really tend you know, trended towards being more accepting of some unhealthy coping mechanisms. And so uh, alcohol is not a solution for anything, even if sometimes in that moment it feels like it. So uh, reducing the amount that you're drinking, especially if you're stressed, is really important. Megs, it's been so great to have you on. As we wrap up, if people listening to our podcast are listening to some of what we say and realizing they need some help right now, where can they go? Who can they contact if they if this is enough to help them to want to reach out? So there is the Crisis Services of Canada. Um, you can text 45645 and specific to BC, um, there's a crisis center and that would be 310-6789. Um, or you can visit our website again, it's www.domore.ag and we have all of these links. It can be really hard if you're trying to just Google an individual phone line. Yeah, that's great to know. So that website, domore.ag, is the place you want to go. Megs Reynolds, thank you so much for joining us here on the Canadian Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on and for talking about mental health and agriculture. I'm so glad we did this episode, Andrew. We covered a lot of ground today. It was there was more that we could have talked about. This is such an important topic and I just, Megs was such a great guest. She was a great guest and you're right. Like we could have talked for a long time because I think, well, you know, you're you're in the same boat. Like, you know, here we're running this farm. It's a, it's a huge responsibility. You've got lots of challenges just in the business itself, let alone the relationships, raising kids, all of their activities, all that kind of stuff that, um, you know, it, it's not always easy to do that wellness check and stop for that. You know, as Meg said, like even just for five minutes to say, OK, what do I need? But But it is so important to do that. Yeah, there's so much uncertainty. There's all this stuff going on. And, and But we do share so much in common. And I think that her point, if we can just connect better, um, have empathy for others, be more interested in what everybody is experiencing day to day and honest about it, that we'll all be better off for it. So it's great to hear that there's resources out there that are available for us and uh, that we can all get through this together. And the, the one thing she did say that I think is so true is that that like the internal thought is probably stronger than the external thought. Like you worry way more about opening up than everybody around you. So so don't be afraid to do that. So uh, uh, again, a big thank you to our guest, Megs Reynolds from the Do More Ag Foundation. Of course, if you liked this episode, we'd love it if you gave us a follow on Facebook and Twitter as well. And make sure to give us a like, maybe even a really nice review on your favorite streaming platform. If you have comments or suggestions, please drop us a note on our social media, or you can write to us at directly at podcast at canadianpodcow.ca. Ooh, that's new. It is. That's what I was thinking too. Like we're like big leagues. We have our own email now for this podcast, Sarah. <laughs> Yay! 
Yay is right. But that is it for this episode of the Canadian Pod Cow. A big thanks to our sponsor, the Dairy Farmers of Canada, and of course to our production team sitting in the background, Bruce Sargent and Carl Belanger. Thanks for listening to the Pod Cow. We will talk again soon.